2: Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Now
3: this crowd is starting to believe that they'll win. Now the Bulls don't want any fouls here. They just like to play some real good defense. Marbury drives baseline, bounces it to Hammonds to Kevin
2: Garnett on
1: top from 20. Garnett. Yes, sir. Beautifully done.
2: Garnett with a 15-footer. That's all you want. Alright, welcome in. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Score North and the Score North app. And we're actually we're actually gonna start the show by replaying just a short clip here. About a minute long or so. From our buddy Jim Peterson yesterday. We had Jim Peterson on yesterday to talk about Kevin Garnett. Going to be a Hall of Famer. And um, little did we know that today, Kevin Garnett would have a one on one exclusive QA with The Athletic come out, in which he removed all ambiguity about how he feels about the Timberwolves organization and Glenn Taylor. But this is Jim Peterson yesterday.
1: Knowing Kevin, um, probably not until uh, the team is sold. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's just the reality of it. Um, but I think that that Glenn is such an incredible human being that if anybody could patch it up and, and try to make amends and, and make it happen, it, it would be him. But it's it's up to Kevin. You know, it's Glenn. It's you know, it's this is not about Glenn Taylor. This is about Kevin Garnett, really. It's, you know, Glenn has has tried to reach out. Glenn has tried to tried to you know uh, you know build a bridge. Um, you know, things happen with ownership situation, you know, when for past and, um, you know what I mean? Like these things just have to be decisions have to be sort of like be willing to be swept under the rug a little bit. And so, you know, it's not going to happen in Minnesota until, till KG wants to happen. And that's, that's just the reality. It's too bad because, this fan base, you know, really, it shouldn't even be about be about anything but Kevin Garnett, and it should be about the fans. It's yeah. not about the owner of the team. Absolutely, it's about it's about yep. it's about the sanctity of basketball in the state of Minnesota and his relationship with the fan base. That's really what it's
2: about. Yeah. So, uh, I, I want I want you guys to think about Jim Peterson's comments there, and the main phrase being "It's up to Kevin" at this point. As I read through the athletic Q and A juicy sections here, all right. Rami's in quarantine studio B. By the way, how hey you guys. doing over there, Rami? Hi, Rami. I'm good. I'm good. good. I'm getting used to this. Actually, I think this should be the new norm. Yeah, if this if this all goes back to normal in about two months or so, you're just gonna
3: especially since gonna hang no one else uses this studio. Like when I'm not here, this studio is just vacant and dark. And I like I like having my own studio
2: that nobody else uses at any point in the day. Sure, <laughs> vacant and dark, just like the relationship between Glenn Taylor and Kevin Garnett for the last ten years or so. Well
3: played, sir.
2: Yeah. So here's what Kevin Garnett said in The Athletic. The question, the first question was, hey, starting off in Minnesota, you guys went to the Western Conference Finals in 2004. Looking back, how much do you wish that that group had won a championship, especially if Sam Cassell didn't get hurt in the playoffs? And KG said, I don't play should have, could have, would have. I don't play if I would have said something to her, I could have got her. Uh, I don't play if I didn't go out that night, this wouldn't happen. I don't play should have, could have, would have." It would drive me crazy. I would sit here and be in a depressed stage. I play should have, could have, would have all the time. Do you guys? Is that why you're job. All sitting time. there in a depressed stage? I yes. hope we do. Absolutely. I no, hope we do. No, I'm
3: just talking about my own personal life, not even professionally.
2: I'm always playing should have, would have, could have. Should
3: always play it. All the time.
2: I play it professionally sometimes in terms of like the things we talk about. I'm more on KG's side. I don't like to look back and say, man, if I would have just done this or this. Oh, I would have done so much different. Oh, man. We're going to dive in for the whole 5 o'clock hour into what Rami R- would have done Rami differently have done all along the way.
3: Yeah. Well, girlfriend's not we'll, take, we'll take your calls. What, what
2: would you have done differently? 651-646-8255. I hadn't gone out on that first date. <laughs> Dang it. But then KG says, if I could actually go back and change anything, I would have left Minnesota a little earlier, knowing that the management wasn't as committed as I was or wasn't committed at all. I probably would have went to Boston or changed the situation earlier. I would have been a little younger. That means less wear and tear on the body. Teaming up with Paul Pierce. I should have done that earlier. Who knows? I'm probably sitting there with another ring or two. But yeah, my days in Minnesota were great days, bro. It was just, it was a part, uh, I'm sorry, it was a huge part of my progression. Flip Saunders and Kevin McHale were huge parts of my progression as a player. I had to put the work in and put it all together. But having those influences around me, having Kevin McHale... As a great teacher all those years and pushing me, giving me the lay of the land, and me having a crazy-ass appetite and imagination of what I want to be in the league, I'm very grateful for those days. Those are the days that actually made me the man that I became and took to Boston. Those days in Minnesota were basically like research and development. I'll never forget them. And before we get into the even juicier stuff, that part actually stung the most for me growing up a Timberwolves fan, and that everything we saw Kevin Garnett do for twelve years here, right? Nineteen ninety five until two thousand seven, mm-hmm. that he considers it research and development, and he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Like he literally just spent twelve years well tinkering with his own game and figuring out how to be a star and a leader, and then it got wasted here, so he took it to Boston and won a championship but it wasn't bad immediately. Here too.
0: There, there was a lot of that time initially in which he was doing the right thing, and the team was on the right track. It went off the track, but it's not like he got here and it was dysfunctional and he said, bleep it. He got, got here. McHale helped him a ton. So there was a, 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 there was a time in KG's career upon arrival, probably through the early 2000s here for sure, where it was trending the exact right way. I I mean, and, I would, and then it got dysfunctional and completely blown up.
2: I, I would argue that in the 12 years he spent with the Timberwolves, they had it right in four of those 12 years, and that's it. They had it right in the first couple of years with Stefan Marbury, where they were building something, and then they had it right when they had Sam Cassell and Latrell Sprewell here for two years. The second year, by the way, was a train wreck because Sprewell had a contract thing and Sam Cassell was 90 years old by that point. The other eight years, if you don't have a sidekick next to one of the greatest players of all time, then, like, I, I, can't, I can't believe he stuck it out for 12 years, too. But I just took that, that line about research and development. It it stings because it's true. That dude spent 12 amazing years putting up MVP numbers and doing things we didn't see seven-footers doing in that time period. And it was all just groundwork for Boston to get the payoff in 2007-2008. He did come here straight out of high school. I mean, yeah. he, he calls it research and development. That
3: sounds like college to me, where you start learning – how to be an adult and what it takes to be successful in the real world. He basically came here to go to college, and it was 12 years. Most of us who go to college for 12 years are doctors. Some of us are Rami. But I'm just saying, (laughs) most people who leave high school, they go on to that next stage of their life, and whether it's college or something else, that's kind of where you start learning to be an adult and be off on your own and, like
2: I said, what it takes to make it in the real world. And and he was ready to be off in the real world of like If the the real world in this case, in this metaphor, is win championships, he was ready for that five or six years before Boston won a championship with him. I mean, he was ready for that as a Timberwolf. And where I side with Kevin Garnett is they just weren't able to get out of their own way from a front office perspective and put pieces around him. And then it got worse and worse. And that leads to this quote. The question was, the Celtics announced in February that they will retire your number 5 jersey during the 2020 season.
3: Do we have a blowtorch sound effect that we could just play in the background while you're reading this?
2: We have explosive sound effects. Uh, He said, uh, the question continues, but your jersey still isn't hanging in the rafters in Minnesota. How soon will we see that take place, and where do you stand on it? Quote from Kevin Garnett. Glenn knows where I'm at. I'm not entertaining it. First of all, it's not genuine. Two, he's getting pressure from a lot of fans and, I guess, the community there. Glenn and I had an understanding before Flip died. When he says the community, he means Score North. He's listening. That's true. Yeah. He's a lawyer. He probably has the free Score North app. You know he does. When Flip died, that understanding went with Flip. For that, I won't forgive Glenn. I won't forgive him for that. I thought he was a straight-up person, straight-up businessman, And when Flip died, everything went with him. There's no reason to complain. Just continue to move on. My years in Minnesota and in that community, I do cherish. At this point, I don't want any dealings with Glenn Taylor or Taylor Corporation or anything that has to do with him. I love my Timberwolves. I'll always love my guys. I'll always love the people who bleep with me there. I'll always have a special place for the city of Minneapolis and the state of Minnesota in my heart. But I don't do business with snakes. I don't do business with snake MFers. I try not to do business with a snake. openly snakes or people who are snake-like. End quote. And end of any ambiguity any of us ever so, felt about how KG feels about the Timberwolves and Glenn Taylor.
0: That quote does clear up to me because I think everything that Kevin Garnett uh, told Shams in that piece in The Athletic is very deliberate. That does clear up what we've always asked and said, which was, how much did Glenn know about what Flip promised KG? Mm -hmm. That quote right there says he was in on it. That was my takeaway, too, Judge. He knew completely, he screwed me. And keep in mind, too, where KG's mad is, KG holds a grudge, and he felt, in this one, guys, I think he's right, when KG leaves the first time for Boston, and I think it was halfway through the 2008 season or so, that Glenn basically takes that sideways shot about KG mailing it in that last year
2: here. They yeah, said KG was tanking it at the end of the And remember, that,
0: that quote, which was stupid, but that simple quote was the one that Flip had to do so much work to get um, KG out of Brooklyn to come back here for. But the quote to Shams definitely 100% says... Glenn knew what Flip promised me. So that takes it to a different place. Because now the whole, well, Flip made all these promises, and and Glenn didn't know, and you can't blame Glenn. That's all, all removed, right? Yep. And now it's, oh, so what did Glenn know? Now, what we still don't know is what those three had decided was going to be Kevin's future with the Wolves franchise. And in Kevin's mind what got pulled out from under him the day Flip passed away.
3: And he doesn't say what the agreement is there, but whatever the agreement was, it was it was between three parties. It was KG Flip Saunders and the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Glenn Taylor. Those are and and for me personally, I don't know that I could just I could just look past a guy pulling out of a deal or an agreement because one of the three parties involved in the negotiation passed away tragically, at a very early age, from cancer. Like, that's... I don't know that I can get over that. It, it's bad enough that I just lost a mentor of mine and somebody who means a lot in my life if I'm Kevin Garnett and Flip Saunders passes at the age that he did in the way that he did. Now you're telling me that the agreement that we had in place between the three of us, you're backing out of it because he died? I don't know that I can necessarily get past that, dude. Like, I can... And I said this earlier on Score North Live weekdays, noon to two. You can listen to it anytime you want on the totally free Score North app. It's me and a to- rotating cast of Score North personalities. I could, I could forgive in the biblical sense, in the sense that I'm not going to walk around with that anger. I'm not going to walk around seething and angry and mad at Glenn Taylor. But I don't know that I would forgive to the point where I'm coming back to get my jersey retired or I'm accepting some kind of role or entering into some kind of new deal or relationship with Glenn Taylor. I don't, I don't want anything to do with that guy if that's indeed what happened and I'm Kevin Garnett. So I forgive, but I, I'm not, I'm not coming
2: back, man. I'm with them. See, let, let's, let's peel back one layer here that I think is, it's this elephant in the room layer and that Owners cannot, within the rules of, of the NBA's collective bargaining agreement, owners are not allowed to talk about ownership stake with players while players are still active. And so what, what Kevin Garnett is insinuating is, hey, these conversations weren't just between me and Flip. Glenn was in on these conversations. And the unspoken part is while I was still a player there, because like the conversations would have started. KG was here for two years at the end of his career. And so, presumably, the discussions would have started before Flip Saunders got sick, right? Which takes us back to Joe Smith, and it wouldn't be I, the first time that there have been under-the-table discussions in which Glenn right?
0: can't participate that he participates in.
2: So, like, we're yes, gl- like where Glenn can't even really clarify that, like, Glenn is in a in a no-win situation in this regard. and That if he clarifies it on the side of, yeah, you know what, we did have an agreement in place, and I just decided that. I wanted Tom Thibodeau to run the organization. Then he is effectively admitting that he held an illegal conversation with Kevin Garnett. Illegal, not illegal within the parameters of NBA basketball, right? Mm -hmm. But if he comes out and says, um, "Yeah, we actually never had those conversations," and uh, I don't know, we just never flat—we just flat out never never had that discussion. Um, Then I think Glenn's in a spot where, well. Well, why wouldn't like why wouldn't you offer that up to Kevin like wouldn't it be logical to get Kevin Garnett into the into the fold right? Um, or he's or Kevin Garnett is exaggerating how much Glenn Taylor knew during this period. But I think what bothers me the most about this, I blame Glenn Taylor for 80 to 90 percent of this. all right. so just just to make my stance clear, I think the fact that Glenn is objectively one of the worst owners in professional sports the last 25 years. I do think he got it right with Gerson Rosas. We'll see what they can do the next five years. Can you say professional sports or just the NBA? Because the Lynx, it's a pretty good basketball team. The Lynx are a great basketball team. That's true. Um, so for sure in the NBA. So his, his ownership of the Timberwolves compared to the ownership of all of the other professional sporting leagues Uh, the last 25 years have been mostly a disaster for Glenn Taylor. So if I'm Kevin Garnett and I know that the prime of my career was mostly wasted by bumbling front office things and, you know, Glenn Taylor under the table payment to Joe Smith and all this stuff and them not putting a sidekick with him and, and then Glenn kicking me out the door with his comment about me tanking it, like I would definitely not be happy with that. And I think, I think Glenn has a lot of things to answer for the last 25 years. That said, how long is long enough when it comes to grudge holding? If you're Kevin Garnett at this point, and really, like, your relationship is with the fans, your relationship is with the city of Minneapolis, and he even said so in the athletic Q&A, that he's got a spot in his heart for the fans, for the the state, the city. Does Glenn Taylor even matter at this point? Like, why, does, why can't you still show up to Timberwolves games? Why can't you still help out Carl Anthony Towns? I get that you're mad. I would be mad, too. I'm not the grudge holder that Kevin Garnett is, I guess. And that's, like, it's 80% Glenn for me, but the 20% KG also bothers me. But let's just
0: all grow up. We're talking about retiring his jersey. He's the greatest player in franchise history. He doesn't need to come back. He doesn't need to come see Cat. You need to have all, it's so simple. You tell, you call KG up and say, we're going to retire your jersey. Here's the date. Guess who won't be at the game? Glenn Taylor. For, For me, it's more than that.
2: Well, a player right, of that statue, but I just want to get through to his jersey being retired. It's so that's, simple. That's not enough though. Like that retiring his, jer- he okay. is he is the greatest player in franchise history, and there is no second. But place. it's enough for
0: now. I'm getting you to a place where it's enough for now.
2: Can you imagine, like, if Magic Johnson just like was estranged from the Lakers for for 15 years? It's ridiculous. Like he should be as ingrained in the Wolves organization. And, and again, like I'm not putting all this on Glenn. A lot of it's on KG. But he should be as ingrained in the Wolves organization as any athlete in any sport right now. And ultimately, once Glenn no longer owns
0: the Wolves franchise, he can be. Exactly. But what I'm saying is just for now, let's all grow up. People are dying every day. Kobe Bryant, as I've said before, got in a helicopter in January. Let he's us a, not
3: forget pettiness, okay? Pettiness is still an important trait.
0: Right, but Kobe Bryant's a young guy, right? He's 40. He's with this 13-year-old kid. There's nine people in a helicopter. I know most of us don't do this, but he's Kobe and he can, and he dies, all right? People right now are dying. We're no longer playing sports because largely people are dying every day. I just want to get his jersey retired. Both of you grow up. Figure it out. But if, if
3: I'm, if I'm KG, and this is the cool thing about doing a two hour show, having two hours off and then having a two hour show. You get to think about some of the things you said or some of the questions that were thrown at you. Mm-hmm. And earlier today, I basically said what I said to you guys on Score North Live, that I would forgive it. I would move on from, from a, from an emotional standpoint. I'm not going to, it's not good for your mental health or your physical health to walk around holding on to anger and holding on to grudges, but I'm not going to enter into any agreement or any arrangement with Glenn Taylor. And Collard said to me, Well, yeah, but he could come and get his jersey retired. That's more about the fans than it is about Glenn Taylor. Mm -hmm. And I said, fair point. That's a fair point. I would think about coming and getting my jersey retired if I'm Glenn Taylor or if I'm Kevin Garnett. But... I was at home thinking about that, eating a delicious sandwich, by the way. Oh, my God, guys. I knocked lunch out the, out the park Dude, today. You bring some in? Uh, no, nah, that's all right. I brought it. People didn't want to eat it. Two out of three Mackie and Judd with Rami members don't want my food, so I'm not it's bringing food in anymore. Um,
2: um, don't blame me. Don't blame me. <laughs> I'll eat anything. Look at me right now.
3: But if I'm Kevin Garnett and, I, and I'm and i thinking about, okay, what if I go back and, return, and, and let them retire my jersey? Even if he's not there, that's a notch in Glenn Taylor's belt. That's Glenn Taylor going, look at what I did. I I brought Kevin Garnett back and retired his number. How magnanimous of me. Look at what I did for Timberwolves fans. And I'm sorry, but if I'm Kevin Garnett, while, yes, I'm forgiving and I'm moving on, And I'm trying to be a good Christian about the whole thing. I'm not giving him any victories, man. I'm not doing anything that could possibly be in favor of Glenn Taylor. Not if what he says went down, the way it went down, indeed went down that way. I'm not doing that. I'm not giving him, I'm not giving him that. And if, if Wolves fans are the victims of that until Glenn Taylor
0: sells the team, then they're just, they're just caught in the crossfire, man. And I'm sorry, but I'm not giving him that win. So you, you think. In the current climate that we are in today, with Kobe Bryant dead in January, with people dying left and right, with us realizing it's being hammered home on a daily Judd, basis, that might... how precious life is, you're telling me that a Jersey retirement is still something that you're going to be so petty about that you won't come back to a town that loves you because of one person. Judd, that, that, what you just laid
3: out, that might make me go back and and mend relationships with people who... I don't want to leave this earth having bad feelings with, I got, a, I got a feeling Kevin Garnett could leave this earth and not really worry about having bad feelings with Glenn Taylor. I think he's okay being where he's at with Glenn Taylor and feels no need to bury that hatchet. And honestly, again, if what he said went down the way that he says it went down, I kind of don't blame him. I kind of don't blame I don't need to be good with everybody, man. You know what I mean? I don't have to be in the good graces of everyone. That's not. That's never been my MO. That's never been my personality. But you're, but you're not loved by
0: a community. Like that's, I said, they're, they're the caught in the crossfire.
3: There. They're collateral damage, I know, but, but
0: I that's can't that's give my point Glenn Taylor grow, the win. Grow up. Just grow up for a second. That's
2: my point. So, but are you saying grow up specifically to Kevin Garnett? No, I'm saying both sides. Do
0: whatever th- you need to do to get this done for that team. This is not about the guy that owns the team. It's about as Jim Pete said, he's right. It's about the fans. It's about bringing them back. You know, Phil, ultimately, if Glenn, you know, if Glenn sells the team in 5 years and the next guy comes in or Gal comes in and brings KG back and he starts to work with the team, that's fantastic. But for now, all I'm looking for is how do you get this guy honored, and he's beloved by people here. The, the thing is, if you hold a grudge, or I do, or Rami, or Jonathan does, it ultimately doesn't matter, because it only affects you and the person who the grudge is against. This is about a town that sees this guy, and they're exactly right, as one of the greatest superstars to play professional sports here. But he just told you. He has no grudge with the city. He has no grudge with Wolves fans. So, prove it. Grow up, come back here, and both sides grow. You know, that's my point is, The Wolves should tell Glenn, you're not going that night. Too bad. It's still a win for him, Judd. Even if he's
3: not sitting in the seats clapping with a big grin on his face, it's still a win for him. It's still something Glenn Taylor did. No,
0: no, no, no. He wouldn't see it that way. No, Glenn loves to be there. Glenn loves to be courtside. Phil has seen that. Glenn loves to be there clapping and sitting right by the bench. No, it would hurt Glenn not to be there. But I would say that's the price of this game.
2: One of the amazing pieces of, I guess I'd use the word dissonance here, is that in the tale of the tape between glenn taylor and kevin garnett with this rift glenn taylor i think i don't i'm not going to pretend to know either glenn taylor or kevin garnett on a deeply personal level but glenn taylor i think is widely regarded as just like a nicer guy and a better just i, I wouldn't say like better human i don't know if i i don't know enough about him but like in people's dealings with both of them people would say oh my god glenn taylor is just like one of the nicest guys he's just He's just a kind-hearted guy, and he means yeah. well, and he just kind of can't get out of his own way sometimes with the decisions he makes. And on the KG side, I mean, we had Jim Peterson on yesterday, Tom Hanneman, like anyone who will go back and and talk about Kevin Garnett the last 25 years, will, and they'll couch what they say, but they will say things like, he's just a really complicated guy. Yeah, he's just, you know, you never know sometimes if you're going to get this KG or that KG, and... Yeah, it's just really complicated, which is another way of saying he's kind of an ass, right? So on a personal level, Glenn Taylor actually wins the tail of the tape from that perspective. But what we really care about is we love the Timberwolves. We've been Timberwolves fans you know, for however long you've been a fan in this town. And Kevin Garnett delivered more through that prism times 100 than Glenn Taylor has based on our perception. And where
0: I would challenge KG is I, I would say look across town at one guy. Randy Moss. Randy Moss came back here for four games in 2010. It was a disaster. It was a gong show. He was cut. He was dumped. I'll tell you right now, when Moss left Winter Park that day, the relationship between the Vikings and Moss, who is an absolute beyond-belief Hall of Fame superstar, was awful. And guess what? It got repaired. It got repaired to a point where... where. Randy Moss, who is probably as selfish as they come in some ways, knew the importance was not him and the team. It was him and the town. So that's where I would challenge KG. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that KG should say, forgiven, that's fine. I'm sure that there are some things we don't know about that went really sideways. And, but if Randy Moss can do it, if Randy Moss can see fit to say, you know what, I'm coming back and here's why. Do anybody can we need a jersey retirement ceremony for for there to be
3: closure or 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 good feelings between kevin garnett and wolves fans it's not enough him him telling shams in the same article where he torches glenn taylor hey man i love minneapolis it holds a special place for me he goes into detail about what minneapolis did for him and how much it meant for him that's if i'm a fan that's enough for me man i understand why you're not coming back to retire the jersey we're good I'm good with Kevin Garnett. He's good with me. If I'm a fan, the jersey retirement ceremony that would be cool. It's it's like it's it's probably like uh you know if you're in a relationship and you know it's a great relationship and neither of you are going anywhere. You're both good. You're both happy. It's just a, you're just putting a ring on it. You know what I mean? You've you've now formalized the relationship. So if you're hung up on formalizing the thing. Okay, but plenty of people are walking around totally fine just being in a good it's, healthy happy relationship.
2: It's not the to me it's not about retiring his jersey. I don't I honestly don't give a rip about the jersey retirement. It's just it's just a piece of cloth in the rafter. Like it would be nice, don't get me wrong. I think Kevin Garnett has so much to offer just from a player knowledge standpoint. I think he has so much to offer a young guy. Like I I saw this or I just found it. I saw this this nugget in 2017. I'll just read it to you guys. Uh, the Clippers aren't the only NBA team Kevin Garnett has imparted his wisdom upon as he visited the Milwaukee Bucks around this time a year ago in 2016. He was back on the scene yesterday as intense as ever, putting youngsters Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Thon Maker through the paces. Mm-hmm. Matt Velasquez of the Milwaukee Journey Sentinel has made more, uh, has more on KG's visit yesterday. Clad in a black sweatshirt with the hood pulled up, Garnett put second year center Thon Maker through a workout following the team's practice. Uh, Before arriving in Milwaukee, Garnett had watched film of the Bucks, and he was prepared to tailor his lessons accordingly, not just to Thon Maker, but also to Giannis and Chris Middleton. Why in God's name is the greatest player in Wolves franchise history working with Giannis and Chris Middleton before he's working on a regular basis with Cat... And with Wiggins, and I get that he did when he was still playing for the Timberwolves. Because Tib's chased him. But it's ridiculous. I answer that.
3: Because Glenn Taylor is the owner of the Wolves and not the Bucks. Correct. These are a lot of it's rhetorical really that questions. Simple. And, and I, that's that just it that, sucks. If that, if I'm Kevin Garnett, I'm certainly not doing. I'm not coming here and working right. with the players not and, right and being part of the organization while Glenn Taylor is still the owner. There's no way. And I know a lot of this on my part sounds petty, but that's very on brand for me. So don't be surprised. But, you but, and let's, Matthew Collard. But let's he's holding just, your grudges.
0: But but the thing with getting his jersey in the rafters is all I want right now, all I want is for these two to, to take baby steps towards being adults. This is literally two grown See, men I think, who are not being... You know what? And I will continue to say this. The saddest thing about this entire thing, the saddest thing, is if you... Had gone to Flip Saunders the day of the trade in 2015 and said, Flip, I can see the future. And here's how it's going to go down exactly. And the Garnett thing is going to go so wrong. It's going to be really, really sad. Flip wouldn't have done it. Flip wouldn't have done this. Do you remember, Phil, the excitement in that man's voice to have brought Garnett back? To have. And so. So, yes, it is 21 being in the rafters the be-all, end-all? No, it's not. But at least it's a damn step in the right direction. And, and I think part of my frustration, too, guys, is this is the greatest player, as Phil said, in franchise history. And we are talking about a franchise that has done so much wrong at almost every step for how long now? Like, if this was the first thing that they did wrong, you'd be like, well, this is really bad. It's sort of surprising. But, but you got this, but you got that, but you mm-hmm. got that, Right? This franchise, at every step in the last, what's fair to say, 14, 15 years, because there were some good times, has done everything wrong. How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you make the Garnett thing
2: worse? They made it worse. So if if this is really only resolved by Glenn Taylor not being the owner of the Timberwolves, do you guys think Glenn Taylor would soak all this in, read these comments, not through an immediate anger lens, but just through a big-picture 30,000 foot, reflecting on the last 25 years, whoever's to blame for how it got here, this is where it is. Do you guys think Glenn Taylor would ever say, all right, I've been the owner for 25 years. I w- I would like to defend my honor in some ways, and I would like to think that we had a nice little eight to 10 year run where we went to the playoffs on a regular basis. But all of that aside, the best thing I can do right now for the Timberwolves, for the relationship between Wolves fans and the organization, and Glen and and Kevin Garnett, and the future of the Timberwolves is for me to sell my majority stake in the team. Let somebody else take over as the majority owner, or sell all of his stake. And Kevin Garnett is welcome back in the into the organization in some form. Do you guys think Glenn Taylor would ever? Look I don't. At I don't know the guy. I don't know the
3: guy well enough. But most would people, you? Would mo- you? No, absolutely not. Especially not if I was a, a very successful, very rich person, because generally you're not one to um, to step aside when you've reached that status in your life. That's just not that's just not something that you do. And and so no, if, if I'm I'm hanging on to the wolves as long as I was planning on hanging on to the wolves and Kevin Garnett, nobody else is, is changing my plans about that.
0: Absolutely not. Would I do it? I would I personally would give it thought. But we we all I think would hope that we wouldn't have run the debacle that he's also run for the last fifteen years. So I would I can't see myself getting um, in this bad of way with o- the only real superstar that I've ever employed. Mm-hmm. A lot of players, only one yeah. real superstar.
2: I, that would be incredibly selfless. Uh, but no, I don't think I could do it. It's tough because I. I cannot defend Glenn Taylor's track record as the owner of the Timberwolves in any way, and I don't want to. It's just there's nothing. There's really no defending it. Yeah, there were some positives, but like that's not the bar. The bar isn't. Yeah, there were some positives right. over 25 years. Like he and has. They're a
0: long time ago now, too. Yeah.
2: I also can't defend holding grudges to this extent because it's not part of my own DNA. But is that
3: is that holding a grudge or is that I can't trust that person and I'm so I'm not entering into any sort of arrangement with them and. Quite honestly, Judd keeps saying be an adult. I think it's, and people, this isn't the first time I've made this point. I always get cross-eyed looks when I do make this point. I think it's a very adult thing to just accept that somebody doesn't like you or you don't like somebody and move on with your life and not hang on to that, but just but just accept it not everybody is going to like Rami, everybody and it's a very childish concept to think that they will like Rami, i said Rami, i don't need
0: to be good with everyone there's a third party here who's affected that that we can i'm not but asking a, i'm not asking kg to come back yet and work for this team what i'm saying is this is jim pete's right this is about the relationship between the fans and kevin they're only affected in formality the relationship
3: between Kevin Garnett and Wolves fans in the city right, of Minneapolis I'm is very you, healthy and nothing but But I'm good giving feelings. you
0: the, the answer to, or the solution. The retirement of the jersey, which I know is a small step, is a resolution that's going to allow everybody to be, for one night,
2: an adult. Also, to, 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 this is where I would disagree with Rami. Just because Kevin Garnett in an article says, hey, I still love the state of Minnesota. I still love Minneapolis. I still like, part of... Having relationships with former legendary players is so that once or twice or five times a year, minimum, they come back in the fold and they're part of ceremonies and they hang out courtside and they show up for events and they and they and they're around training camp. Like, look at the the, the twin the twins. By the way, are brilliant at this. That's Dave St. Peter and did who did a lot of work there too. Right, and that's there are a lot of guys for a long time
0: who wouldn't come back. And Dave St. Peter worked his ass off to get guys like Killebrew, Carew, all of those guys back.
2: Yeah. And so this is a testament on the ownership and president side of the Twins organization. They do everything they can. Do you think that it's sometimes a pain in the ass to work with egos and personalities and highly paid guys? Like, is it always just smooth sailing? Absolutely not. But every single time spring training rolls around. You want to know who's down there, like in uniform in Fort Myers, working with players and imparting knowledge. Tori Hunter, Harmon Killerbrew before he died, Rod Carew, Kirby Puckett before he died. Like it's it's just a regular thing that you have these players as part of the fabric of the organization and whatever extent that would be with Kevin Garnett. I'm not saying Kevin Garnett would show up and hang out for like a week during Wolves training camp every single year, but I I need more than a jersey in the rafters and. I don't think just because Kevin Garnett says good things about Minneapolis and the state of Minnesota in an article that, all right, well, cool. I'm glad that, I'm glad, like, we don't, we don't get to put our arms around him. He's never here because he hates Glenn Taylor. And if the, if the only thing that solves it is Glenn Taylor selling the team, like, I can't sit here and make an argument for why he should keep the team. Like, you know, cool. You, maybe you got Gerson Rosas correct, but the resume speaks for itself the last 25 years. And so it's just a damn shame. We're sitting here and Kevin Garnett has laid all of his cards on the table. It would be interesting if Glenn Taylor would also lay all of his cards out on the table. But the problem is, like I said five, ten minutes ago, if one of those cards is, yeah, we were talking about an ownership stake while he was still a player. The Wolves could, the Wolves could probably get hit with like taking first-round draft picks away again. Again? Like we're back full circle to where we were in the late 90s. And Joe Smith of course. signed that
0: contract because he was big buddies with Kevin Garnett.
2: <laughs> Anyways... Other than that, things are great. This poor this
1: franchise.
0: <laughs> Honest to God. Our re- rewind today on on the uh, Bulls-Wolves 97 was game episode. was so much fun. Actually, I'm madder now because of that.
2: Yeah, we had it planned before this Q&A came out. We were going to do a look back into, at the time, the trademark win of the Timberwolves organization when they beat Michael Jordan's Bulls for the first time. On December 30th of 1997, Marbury KG, you can find the episode Minnesota Sports Rewind anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Score North app. And Rami, literally as we're doing this episode, Mm -hmm. news break. So it's a feel good episode, right? This is oh, man, this is one of the great wins in Wolves history. And in the middle of the bleeping episode, as we're getting stories from Tom Hanneman about Kevin Garnett and Stefan Marbury, that article drops. (laughs) Yeah, no. I was in my car on my way to the station and Declan texted me. This this KG stuff Mackie sent is juicy. I said, I'm in my car. What? What happened? I had him texting me recaps of the article. It's amazing. So you guys are uh what's your level of grudge holding in your lives? One through like ten being, man, if you if you don't give me back the fifty cents that I loaned you, like I'm never talking to you again, being a ten. And a one being like you just let anyone walk all over you and you forget about it. How would you rate your grudge holding? And you're, I think Kevin Garnett's like an eight or a nine. You let if, if he lends you five bucks, and you don't repay it. Oh, I, no, think he, I don't think he talks to you ever again. No, I think he's a ten. Okay, Where
3: are on you a guys scale at? of one to ten, Yep. probably like a seven. I don't think I'm that extreme about it. It's pretty high, but but like KG, I'm I'm look, I'm not I'm not going to like harass you. I'm not going to go around bad mouthing you. We're talking about you behind your back, but you cross a certain line, and you're just out. And it, it's not like an active anger. Like I said, there, there's no. I'm not going to do anything necessarily to act out on the grudge, but you cross a certain line and you're just out of my circle and you're not getting back in, period, end of story. And that's, and that's fine. Like I said, I think it's a very adult thing to just accept that certain people won't like you and you won't like certain people and being able to move on with your life. Too many people have this, this impulse, this urge, this notion that everything is supposed to be hunky-dory and everybody's supposed to like you and you're supposed to like everybody and and that's just not realistic man that's not the real world so if you want to call that a grudge yeah i i i i can hold a grudge
0: once once you're out you're out i'm probably only like maybe i'm a 5 a 4 so so if i don't trust you or like you i don't deal with you at all but i don't talk about you cuz i don't care but the one thing is i i will bend if it's going to if it's going to impact people that i care about so, like, if I got to go through you to get to people that I care about, then I will. Then I'm not going to, to just hold a grudge necessarily for the sake of said grudge. Yeah. Um. So, so I probably change a bit, but um, but an athlete grudge like this one, and I think guys that are wound tight, I think great athletes tend to be le- like this because it fuels them in games as well. That's probably a grudge level that I could never get close to because I'm not wired that
2: way. Yeah, see, I think it's very obvious based on these quotes that, and by the way, there's audio of this somewhere because Stadium TV Stadium TV posted an audio really? clip of the Kobe quote. So they've got the audio and they just posted a clip of the Kobe quote. we got to get that audio. But they haven't released all the rest of it yet. Oh, man. As of right now, it's just in print. I form. bet there's anger dripping from those words. We need the audio of Kevin Garnett saying snake MFers never heard it like that that's what we need never heard that before but he clearly when he thinks of people that he hates he gets this like rage built up and he starts calling them snake mfers and like he gets mad my level of grudge holding is not zero i just sort of you're just out of my right consciousness right i don't even get mad when i think about you you're just yep you've just reached a level and whatever you've done or whatever our impasse was and i'm but is that a, I'm, I'm good on but you? But
0: does that qualify for us as a grudge, or is that just moving on? Yeah, I mean, like Ke- a grudge to me is being actively mad. It's actively coming. It's it's actively. Yeah. Talking I don't think Kevin Garnett walks
3: around thinking about this in his day to day. He was asked about it in an interview, and he gave a and he gave an honest answer.
0: But the venom is is such that oh, yeah, no, that it goes well beyond a venom that I'd be capable yeah. of coming near, Rami. Oh
3: no, I can I can draw up that venom
0: for sure, for mm. sure. The ol- <laughs> In all candidness, the only time that I could get this mad is when I was young and drinking. <laughs> Seriously. Like, like, if I was drunk, I, I could get...
2: Now that, you're, now that you're old and drinking, you just... I, I don't...
0: I'm too he's old. a different kind of drunk. I'm, I'm
2: 50 now, man. <laughs> Seriously.
0: But you know when you're like 25 and you've, and you've had a few too many toddies and something sets you off and there's a venom there... That would be the only time that I could get anywhere close to that. Like, that. like that quote to just be in the course of a Q&A, to me, is a level of rage
2: that's it is, it, yeah. hard to approach. Well, we have open phone lines right now, too. So who do you blame more, Kevin Garnett or Glenn Taylor?
1: Whether it's Baker's
2: Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar.